message and the Lord is coming again one day and what a glorious day that will be. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers today. We wish you could be here with us so we could wish you Happy Mother's Day in person, uh, but we're able, glad we're able to do it this way. Thank you so much for joining us for worship today. We continue to do what we're asked to do. We continue to miss having you here in the sanctuary, but we're so glad that we can worship the way we're able to through uh, Facebook Live and through our live stream and I appreciate so much uh, all of your support and all the positive comments that we all have gotten uh, from our services together. But we're glad you're here today. Thank you. Uh, why don't you join with us as we continue worship today, singing together, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling.
as we sing a new hallelujah to the Lord.
Amen. What a what an awesome song. What a great day to worship the Lord. And I pray again that you and your family are doing well, that you're staying safe and healthy. And I echo what Bill said just a moment ago. We want to wish all of our mothers a happy Mother's Day today. What a special day it is. And we thank you, mothers. We love you. And we thank you for everything that you mean to all of us. And every week there's an opportunity where if the Holy Spirit leads you, you can join us in prayer. Again, each week we say your bedroom can be your altar, your family room. Maybe you're watching out in your car. Maybe you are out on your patio or your back porch. But the important thing is that we do pray and we believe in the power of prayer. And I know these are difficult times and these are uncertain times. But we have a constant, we have the blessed assurance that Jesus is with us always, even until the very end of the age. And so this morning, I would like to invite you to go to the Lord in prayer with me. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your promise to be with us. And Lord, even though these are difficult times, and even though, God, these are uncertain days, we are sure that you love us. We are sure that you are with us. And we give you praise and glory for that promise. And Father, today we thank you for our mothers. Father, what a blessing to have mothers that have loved us and nurtured us and taught us and modeled for us your truths. And Father, we also want to remember those mothers who have gone on to be with you. We ask God that you would bring comfort to their families as I know this is a day of remembering those mothers again that have gone on. And Lord, we pray your blessings upon our families. And Lord, we pray for healing in our nation and around the world that Father, soon this coronavirus would end and Father, you would give wisdom again to scientists, researchers, medical professionals that they might come up with a vaccine or a cure. And Father, I pray that you would bless all the churches that are praying about reopening and, and some maybe already, Father, but give us your wisdom to do what is right and to do what will keep our folks safe, that we can come back together and that we can worship together again. And Father, I miss seeing people in person, but I'm grateful, Father, that we can use live stream and Facebook Live and other means to bring the message of Christ. And we're doing this in a safe way. Lord, I just pray again that you would be with those that are sick, be with those that are in the hospital, those awaiting surgery. And Father, I just uh, lift up Jimmy Adcock that you would anoint him with your Holy Spirit as he has surgery this Wednesday. Would you bless him and bless his son Ryan and his family and comfort them. And Father, again, to be with others maybe that are away from their families while in the hospital. And I pray, God, for again your healing touch to be upon them as well. And Father, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to bring revival, great revival and spiritual awakening. We pray that daily. And God, I pray that we would remain faithful to you. Some, Lord, accepted the 40 days of faithfulness challenge. Continue to give them strength, Father, to keep praying and reading your word. And, and Father, that they would continue to speak positive words. And, and Father, any other commitment that they've made. And oh Lord, I pray again that through this season, we're growing closer to our families and we're, Father, growing closer to you. And I ask, oh God, now that your Holy Spirit might continue to, to move through this service. And again, touch people wherever they might be. 
whatever state they might be uh, worshiping with us. But Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit might be felt and our lives might be transformed, that people would come to Jesus even now, even today. And Father, just bless Tim and Jerry as they lead us in song in a moment and speak through your word and your servant that your voice might be heard and our lives might be changed to be more like Jesus. For it is in his strong and holy and powerful name that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would like to take your Bible today, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16? We're going to be just reading two verses, and I'm thankful to have two of my brothers here uh, singing today. I'm so grateful for my brother Tim and my brother Jerry. Uh, this was a special time that we could uh, give our mother a little Mother's Day gift with three out of the four boys singing anyway, and so thankful that the song that we sang earlier in the song Tim and Jerry will be singing or songs that my brother Tim has written. And so Tim, I appreciate you using your gifts to bring glory to the Lord and we hear you all prayerfully after the reading of God's word. Begin with verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
within my heart there is a fount flowing down from above. And Lord, you save me by your grace. In trials I have faced, you've shown me all your Thanks, guys, for that beautiful message and song. And, and we certainly all need His gentle peace, especially during this season that we're going through. I always like to share a little humor, and I thought it would be appropriate to do a little Mother's Day humor. Maybe you've heard the story. There were three guys, and they happened to be brothers, and they were wealthy brothers, and they were talking about the gifts that they had gotten for their elderly mother on Mother's Day. And so the first brother, Brian, said, you know what, mom oftentimes uh, complains about her driving not being so good anymore and how difficult it is, so I bought her a new Mercedes and a chauffeur to drive her around. And the second brother said, well, you know what, I, I bought mom a penthouse apartment because she's all the time complaining about her house, so I thought it would be nice to to buy her this nice apartment. And then the third brother said, well, I know mom complains about being lonely, and so I bought her a parrot that could speak seven different languages to keep her company. So a week or two passed by, and the mother sent her sons a letter, and she said to my three boys, she said, thank you so much for the nice gifts. She said, but Brian... I'm really getting too old to get out much, so I really didn't need a car, and the chauffeur that you hired is mean. The second brother, she said, you know, Charlie, I, I appreciate you buying me that apartment, but it really is too big for me to handle. It's too hard for me to clean, but thank you for the thought anyway. And then she said to my third son, Steve, Thank you so much for the gift. You know your mother too well. The chicken was delicious. Well, Steve picked up the phone and he called his mother and said, Mom, said that parrot that I gave you, it was no chicken. It's a parrot that could speak seven different languages. She said, well, why didn't it say something then? So, anyway... <laughs> Do you remember being a teenager and when you would be ready to walk out the door, do you remember your mom ever giving you a series of last-minute instructions before you walked out the door? I shared a few weeks ago, right before walking out the door. Be careful, as you've heard me share many times. My mother would say, be careful. And then she might say, uh, don't drive too fast. If it were a holiday, she would say, watch out, there'll be people out drinking. Watch out for drunk drivers. Uh, make sure you're wearing clean underwear in case you're in a wreck. I never understood that when I, I try to wear clean underwear all the time, but I don't know if my mother ever said that, but I've heard others say that. Or maybe she would say, don't be out too late. Uh, nothing good happens after midnight. So you want to get home before too late. Maybe you heard your mom or your parents give those kind of instructions before walking out the door. Like they had to get in all these things right before we left the house. Well, in our 
scripture passage today, we see Paul writing the church at Corinth, and in almost a similar way, he's giving some last-minute instructions or last-minute words to the church at Corinth. And again, we talked about the church at Corinth a couple of Sundays ago. The church at Corinth was a gifted church, but it was a spiritually immature church. We know that they had factions and divisions. We know that there was sexual immorality. There was moral laxness. There were issues about people eating foods that were sacrificed to pagan idols. There were issues about abusing the Lord's Supper. There were Christians suing other Christians. There were false teachings. All these things were going on in the church. And so Paul was trying to instruct the church and to restore the church to godly living. Now why did my mother or your mother try to give you those instructions before leaving the house? Because they loved us and they wanted to protect us and they wanted to help us and to do what was best for us. Why do you think Paul was saying these words to the church at Corinth? Because he loved them and he wanted to protect them and he wanted to encourage them and to help them to be the very best. And so today when we read out of verses 13 and 14, it's almost again like a parent giving these instructions at the very end of, of the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 16. It's again almost like a parent trying to get these words in before you go out the door, before the letter is over. And then also it's almost like a commander or a captain in the army issuing these commands to his troops. Last minute instructions before they go out into battle. And the very first thing that Paul uh, shared in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 is be on your guard or watch. Be on your guard or watch. Now what was he referring to? He was saying, wake up. Get your eyes open. Get your spiritual eyes open. You're going to be tempted. There's going to be false teachers. You're going to have Satan attacking you in every kind of way. And he knows our weakness. So be on your guard. Again, it reminds us of the verse we just used a couple of weeks ago out of Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and He asked His disciples, Peter, James, and John, who had gone into the inner part of the garden, remember what He said to them? Watch and pray so that you may not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And you remember the story what happened? He came out and three times they were sleeping. And He was sharing with them, wake up! You better watch! Because that's when the enemy will attack. And then in another verse we just shared recently out of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And maybe right now you're being tempted in some area. And the message is to be on our guard or we are to watch. But not only are we to watch for Satan and those temptations that come, but we are also to be watching for the coming of the Lord. Not only did we sing that song just a few moments ago and the worship team led us in some songs that, that we're seeing some signs of the time, and we read again out of Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, when Jesus said, Therefore, watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will return. And then on verse 44 of Matthew chapter 24, it said, So you must be ready. The Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. And then Jesus said over in Mark chapter 13, verses 32 and, and 33, it says, no one knows about that day or hour. 
Not the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So, he said, be on your guard, be alert, because no one knows when that time will come. I want to tell you something, I've had people to ask me, do you think we are getting close to the end of time? Do you think we are living in the last days? Well, my words are this, we're closer than we've ever been. And when you look at a worldwide event that's not only been affecting the United States of America, but it's covered the entire world, I believe God can certainly use this time to get our attention. Let me ask you, is there something that you need to get right in your life? When we sang, are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Have you done the things you know you need to do? Have you done the things you know you need to do? First, by giving your heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. If there was ever a time to get your house in order, to get your life right with Jesus, it would be right now. Have you done that, what you need to do? Or maybe have you gone to that family member and taken responsibility to say, again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for hurtful words. I'm sorry for hurtful actions. Please forgive me. Have you done the things you know you need to do? Maybe have you gone to that coworker? Have you made a wrong right? If this were to be our last day on this earth, could you say, I have a gentle peace. I, I am at peace with the Lord. Are there some things you need to change to be on your guard, to be ready? Because no one knows the day or the hour of the Lord's return. So we must be ready. Paul said, again, as a parent would, or as a commander, be on your guard. And then secondly, he said, stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in the faith. Now we know that when the devil comes, he will attack us in a variety of ways. He will attack us spiritually. He will attack us mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally, physically. He can even use this coronavirus to attack people and to cause them to have fear or to cause people to have worry or to have anxiety. But yet, we are reminded what Paul said in that great Ephesians chapter 6 chapter, verse 13, when he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, not if, but when the day of evil comes, we may be able to stand our ground. And after we have done everything, to stand. So we know that we are to stand firm in the face of this virus, to stand firm in the face of persecution, to stand firm in the face of our challenges. And I pray today that we would stand firm, but not only standing firm, but it says, stand firm in your faith. And I pray today that we all have faith. And this is Mother's Day, and I can't help but saying a special thank you to my mother for passing on to me her heritage of faith. I can't thank God enough that I had a mother that taught me and taught my brothers the importance of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Pastor, author, Dr. David Jeremiah said that the greatest gift that parents can give their children is to give them the heritage of genuine or sincere faith. And then he went on to say, he said, there's an important question that all Christians ought to ask. If we were standing on the threshold of eternity and looking back over life, would we be able to see that our faith is living in others, especially our own family members. And I pray today that each and every one of us could say, after these old bodies are dead and gone here on this earth, that our faith will continue to live on in our children, our grandchildren, our future generations, that our faith in Jesus Christ would continue to live on. I also 
think about what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, when he was writing his young son in the ministry, Timothy. And he said, I am reminded of your sincere or genuine faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure now lives in you. And that's what Paul was saying. You have a legacy of faith that has been passed on to you. And we as Christians today, as we're standing against everything that's going on, may we stand firm. Last Monday, I received a text from one of our members, Barbara Whitehouse. Many of you know Barbara Milton, and Barbara sent a sweet word to me. And she said, Todd, I just wanted you to know that I'm praying for you and your family each and every day, and I'm praying that you will stand firm. She said, for the last two years, God has been given her Scriptures with these two words, stand firm. She said, now I know it's for such a time as this that we are called to stand firm. So today, if you're on shaky ground in any way, shape, or form, my prayer to you would be the words of encouragement that Barbara gave to me and the words that come from the Holy Scriptures that we would stand firm in the faith. But not only are we to stand firm in the faith, but these next two imperatives I'm going to combine together. That we are to be courageous and to be strong. To be courageous and to be strong. Does that sound familiar? When you look back at Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, when remember God had raised up Joshua to take the place of Moses and leading the children of Israel through the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. And He said, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He said, For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isn't that a great promise that we don't have to be afraid, we don't have to be discouraged because the Lord our God promises to be with us wherever we go. And in other words, when it talks about uh, being strong or, or being courageous, it's, it's saying, look, it's time to man up or woman up and to put away all of these childish ways and, and all these different doctrines and false teachings that blow maybe children from this thought to this thought. And as mature people of faith, to be a man, to be a woman and say, I'm going to be strong and I'm going to be courageous in the Word of God. And that's what Paul wrote in Ephesians 6.10, that we are to be strong in the power of the Lord. And I pray that that's what we would do today. We would have courage. And, and I was working on this sermon. I was thinking about that movie I loved as a child, The Wizard of Oz. Remember the cowardly lion? And, you know, he was so afraid. He was, I'll, I'll, I'll fight you, put him up. I'll fight you with one paw tied behind my back. You know, if I were king of the forest. Remember that song? Anyway, that's too much. But do you remember that? He was looking for some c -c 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 courage. And I pray that we would have courage today that comes from our faith in Jesus Christ to be strong, to be courageous as we stand against opposition. But not only are we to have courage and to have strength, which comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, but he goes on to say, not only are to, to be on your guard, but to do everything in love. To do everything in love. What a great message. And all of our conduct, which includes our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, we are to do everything in love. That's, that's the calling card of a Christian. Don't you think it's funny that he used these military-type terms, be on your guard, and, and to stand firm in the faith, and, and to be courageous, be strong. But he said, but remember this, do everything in love. That's how we roll as Christians. Do everything in love. 
And I, I think about what Peter wrote, which again, Peter was one of the disciples that fell asleep in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, but yet he was saying, be self-controlled and alert. But then Peter also wrote in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, he said that we are to uh, be of sober mind and to be alert. And above all else, we are to, so that you can pray, and above all else, we are to love one another because love covers over a multitude of sins. But the first part of that verse that I left out, even then, he said, the end of all things is near. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober judgment so that you can pray. And above all, love one another because love covers over a multitude of sin. Look, if we were getting close to the end of time, would you not want to love people? We've talked about in the office again how and I talked about a few weeks ago how people on Facebook are, are pretty opinionated and people will share about their thoughts and what they believe. And we as Christians have a responsibility not to react out of anger to anything that our leaders might say or do or a, or a brother or sister or a, or a family member or a person, a brother or sister in Christ. We are to respond in love, not react in anger, but to respond in love. And if you would read on in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, John said, Dear friends, let us love one another just as Christ has loved us. Dear friends, let us love one another. And if you read the last part of verse 8, he said, Those who do not love do not know God because God is love. And so if we don't love people, then we have to ask ourselves, do we really know God? Because when we know God, we're going to treat people with love. We're going to do everything love. I have to go back to my mom. She tried to teach me and my brothers that we are to love everyone. And I've tried to pass this lesson to my children. They taught us, both my parents, not to look down on people because they're different than you. Don't make fun or look down on somebody that might be special needs. Not to look down or, or make fun of someone that may not have as much as you do. Don't look at a different at a race differently. Don't treat everyone with love. And that's what we've tried to model to our children to show the love of God. And I'll have to also uh, give uh, my wife some props and, and your uh, spouses maybe during this uh, quarantine my wife has modeled such love to my children you moms many of you have had to be again I heard Teresa just say you're glad you don't have school age children right now have to be teacher and to be cook and to be the laundry mat and to be uh, again a counselor and and to play games to be recreation director all these different things are going on. And man, she's done it beautifully with love. And all you moms deserve props. Or maybe you're a, you're a stay-home dad and you've been taking on that role. But it's a team effort when we do everything in love. It makes everyone feel better. But if we're short-fused and we're ready to... to jump down somebody's throat and we're ready to choose somebody out that makes everybody miserable. So I pray that we might do everything in love. And we know that that's the message God gave us when He gave us the greatest two commands in Mark chapter 12, 30 and 31. He said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And at the end of that great love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul said, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. What about you today? Do you have love in your heart? Do you need to call someone today and say, I love you, or I'm sorry? Do you need to profess your faith in Christ and tell Him I love you and thank you for giving me multiple chances through the years and 
and I want to make good on this chance You've given me, and I want to give my heart and life fully surrendered to You, or, or maybe You want to join a church family. Um, we have had folks throughout the last several weeks that have been joining this church or giving their lives to Christ, and we had a dear lady this past Thursday that called the office said she wanted to join the church, and so people are still making decisions for the Lord even though we're not meeting in person. And maybe you need to make a decision today. A life-changing decision for eternity. And you can do that even now as we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any folks who are watching today that have never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus, that this would be the day of salvation because none of us know if tomorrow's going to come. None of us know when You, Lord, are going to return. And that's why we are to, to be ready. We are to be watching. And Lord, I pray today that if there are some people that need to make some wrongs right, that this would be the, the day. Life's too short to be angry or that we have to walk on eggshells or, or we have to be critical of this person or critical of, that, of this, that person. We as Christians have a responsibility to do everything in love. So God, give us that strength today to do everything in love. Or Lord, maybe there are some folks who want to unite with this family of faith. Lord, I, I would say it almost every week when we were meeting in person that we're not a perfect church, but we serve a perfect God. And I'm so thankful that we as an imperfect people have the unconditional love of a, a loving Father and Savior. So God, I pray today that, that we would just draw closer to You and we thank You for Your faithfulness and give us the courage right now, God, to uh, give our hearts to Jesus. In His precious name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a closing song. This is a hymn of commitment. And, and maybe you've heard the, the Holy Spirit speaking to you through a, a song or through a prayer or message. And I pray today that if you've heard the voice of the Lord calling you, that you would respond to Him and come to Him even now as we sing together.
thank you so much for worshiping with us today. I, I pray that you and your family have a wonderful Mother's Day again, moms. We love you all and appreciate you so much. I also want to remind you that we have our Wednesday night service. You will not be receiving discussion questions uh, today. We want you to just spend this time again with your family and loved ones. But I pray that you would continue to worship with us. And as soon as we feel like we can adequately and safely uh, get a good number of folks together in this place, we will let you know. I know we are all eager to come back together and to worship again logistically with the church our size. It's more challenging as we try to work through those uh, details, but please know we can't wait. But in the meantime, be patient, continue to pray, and we know God is in control. Also, before we close out, when a special, not only happy Mother's Day to my wife Kelly, but today's her birthday. Happy birthday, Kelly. I love you. And again, thank you all for worshiping. We're going to sing a closing song right now. So Bill, if you don't mind to lead us in our closing song. Mm -hmm.